Welcome to episode 114 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about semantically overloaded political sloganeering. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as political sloganeering, Kamala Harris, state secession, George Floyd, or Michael Flynn comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean.com. The video version of the podcast are available on BitChute.com, Brighteon.com, and ThinkSpot. If you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a moment and scroll down on the podcast page and give it a five-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through Facebook advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Have you seen it? Have you seen the latest virtue signaling craze? No? It's not posting a black or rainbow image on your social media. No, it's not some lame hashtag campaign. No, it's not a Trump-Pence yard sign. You can't put one of those out in your yard for fear of vandalism anyways. No, it's not a Biden-Harris yard sign since no one has enough excitement about that ticket to expend the energy in putting it up. No, what I'm talking about is the yard sign that reads, quote, In this house, we believe black lives matter, no human is illegal, love is love, women's rights are human rights, science is real, water is life, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. There are a few other variations in addition, such as kindness is everything, diversity makes us stronger, etc. At the outset, I want to make it clear that I'm not going to rebuke everyone who displays these lawn signs, although this may be a little naive on my part. I'm operating under the assumption that most people who display these types of signs mean no ill will towards others. They just feel the need to speak their mind, so to speak. What I am attempting to do here is make a broader point about the implications of and inferences that are easily drawn from this type of vague sloganeering. So take it for what it is. And if you're one of the people who have one of these yard signs up, perhaps you posted one of them on your social media site thinking you're being a good, compassionate person, well, please consider the optics from the perspective that I will be laying out here. First, a quick vocabulary lesson courtesy of Ben Shapiro, who covered this topic briefly on a podcast recently. He characterized this type of sloganeering as semantically overloaded virtue signaling. He said the real message is, look at me, look how empathetic, hip, and down for the struggle I am, and by implication, I'm a better person than the rest of you who don't post such signs in your yard. Here's another vocabulary lesson. The word is tautology, which means the needless repetition of the same sense in different words, or redundancy. Thus, when you see this type of sloganeering using generically sounding loaded terms, these semantically overloaded tautological statements, the message is pretty clear to others, to outsiders, that what the sign bearer is really doing is using the language to divide us, them against you. They are essentially disassociating from their ignorant neighbors. They elevate themselves in their own eyes to a higher moral plane. After all, look at all the things they care about. They are good and virtuous, and everyone around them that does not virtue signal in the same manner is not. This is playing out in real time right now when it comes to the charge of racism. 
National Democrats and other social justice types have made it clear that you are a racist unless you demonstrate that you are an anti-racist. It's like Passover for social justice warriors. Put the lawn sign out and it keeps the mob away. You have been touched by the hand of tolerance. What is purposely missing, of course, is conversation and debates about solutions and policies. The National Democratic Party has made it clear that there will be no debate. Think Obamacare. No debate. Just swallow it. Think about abortion and climate change or gay marriage. Screw you if you don't agree with us. Swallow it and shut up. Think about the calls to abolish the Electoral College. Think about the cries to pack the Supreme Court. Think vote by mail. Think about the censorship on social media and cancel culture. Trump's impeachment based on lies. All our efforts to circumvent the normal legislative process. It is all designed to avoid having to debate, discuss, and negotiate on solutions to America's problems. You never have to find common ground if you constantly demonize the other side. So, back to the semantically overloaded totological yard sign. Let's take each statement separately and see how it can be construed. So first, in this house we believe that black lives matter. You may be thinking, well, what the hell is wrong with that, truth quest guy? Well, to some, this means, look at me, I'm woke, I believe black lives matter. You see my next door neighbor over there? Do you see a sign in his yard? That guy doesn't believe that black lives matter. He doesn't care about black people. But what is hard to determine from this semantically overloaded statement is what they actually mean. It would be wonderful to ask your neighbor what exactly they mean by black lives matter. Because there's a difference between capital B, capital L, capital M, and the words Black Lives Matter. The latter is a statement of fact, while the former is a Marxist organization that plans and orchestrates riots and so-called protests. So what exactly do you believe in? So let's go a little bit deeper. Black Lives Matter. Okay, of course they do. Anyone who claims to be a Christian believes people are made in the image of God and worthy of respect and protection. Anyone is still with the least bit of morality would likely agree about the respect and protection part. But what solutions are offered here? Rioting, looting, and arson certainly are not solutions. Can we discuss black-on-black -black crime, most notable by the weekly murder statistics coming out of places like Chicago? What about the tens of millions of aborted black babies? Do those black lives matter? What are your proposals to solve these very real problems? Why are you hiding out here in the fringes, raising hell about police brutality in half a dozen cases, when in any given weekend in Chicago, there are more than 30 murders of African Americans, or in a given week, 2,500 black babies are aborted? So how about, in this house, we believe that no human is illegal? Right. My first question to your neighbor would be, who are you arguing with? Who is running around saying being human is a condition that leads to being legal or illegal? Of course, what they're referring to is illegal immigration. I mentioned this briefly in the last episode when I was discussing how the left controls the language. One of the examples I used was the fact that the leftists will have you believe that illegal immigrants are not illegal, despite the fact that it's right there in the name. It's right there in the definition of the term. They entered the country by breaking immigration law. That means they are in the country illegally. They committed an illegal act. The fact is, these folks want amnesty because they believe it will give them an electoral advantage. And in all fairness, there are lots of establishment Republicans who want amnesty as well in order to lower wage rates for their corporate interest groups. 
As we will discuss shortly, these are the same people who make the claim that babies in the womb are not human, legal or illegal, and therefore can be killed, murdered, sucked out of the womb, eliminated, all in the name of choice. Okay, so let's just open up the borders and offer everyone welfare benefits and a voter ID card. That sounds like a good plan to destroy the country. Next we have, in this house we believe that love is love. Now this is the very definition of totology. A equals A. Love equals love. The implication is all forms of love are equal. And that implication, of course, is I am in favor of same-sex marriage and my neighbor who does not have this sign in their yard obviously is not. I am virtuous and inclusive and tolerant of all forms of love. The only problem is they are not inclusive and tolerant of their own neighbors who may not share their pandering and virtue signaling. If you had a chance to have a conversation with your tolerant, inclusive neighbor, you might ask them if love is love implies that not only is heterosexual love the same as homosexual love, but does that same standard apply to bestiality or incest or pedophilia? You already changed the definition of marriage. What else do you want other than to erase more social norms and ignore or even encourage people with mental illness? Next up, in this house, we believe that women's rights are human rights. This, of course, is reference to abortion. And if you don't agree with their abortion position, then by implication, you do not believe in human rights for women. Again, we are faced with another example of controlling the language. We've already discussed the fact that illegal immigrants are not, in fact, illegal. And I touched on how they successfully changed the definition of marriage. Well, they have also successfully defined the killing of innocent babies in the womb as a choice. Pro-choice. Again, if you were given the chance to talk to your sign-toting neighbor, the first question I would suggest that you ask is, what about the babies? Do they have human rights? You might tell them, in my house, human rights applies to all humans, including those in the womb. So what do these people want? Abortion is legal in America. We've slaughtered upwards of 60 million babies since their altar worship Supreme Court case Roe v. Wade. Infanticide, I mean partial birth abortion, is legal in many states in America. What else do you want? I have produced a number of episodes on abortion. If you're interested in going deeper on this topic, check out episode 2, episode 13, 46 and 47, tackle the Roe v. Wade opinion, and episode 86. Next we have, in this house, we believe that science is real. To some, what your neighbor is insinuating is, I believe science is real, even though I would be unable to articulate what exactly that means if you backed me in a corner and forced me to answer the question. And since you don't come out and say that you also believe science is real, then you obviously are a Neanderthal worthy of scorn and ridicule. I do not offer any solutions. I just have to say the word science over and over again, and you must take me seriously. No conversations are permitted between those who utter the word science a lot and those who do not. So this, of course, is their man-made global cooling, global warming, climate change, extreme weather claim. Because after all, we've been told time and time again that the science is settled, and there is consensus among scientists. And of course, anyone who disagrees with that is a science denier, a fool, or any other pejorative these people come up with so they do not have to discuss real policy prescriptions. Obviously, if you don't go along with them, you don't believe science is real. How dare you? Check out episode 7 for a deep dive into the climate change debate. So, I have a few questions for your virtue signaling neighbor that may be in order. Here are a few. If science is real, 
Why is the leader of the party of science, Nancy Pelosi, talking about how angry Mother Earth is, citing hurricanes and wildfires that occur every year? Why not explain the science, Nancy? If science is real, why did the harshest and longest lockdowns occur in states run by governors who are members of the party of science? Why aren't they following the science? Speaking of lockdowns, if science is real, why doesn't the corporate press talk about the success in Sweden over the coronavirus? If science is real, why did the mayor of Nashville, another member of the party of science, lie about the scientifically measured low infection rates at bars and restaurants in his city in order to justify shutdowns? If science is real, why have both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cast doubt on the eventual scientifically created coronavirus vaccine if Trump endorses it? If science is real, why is Facebook, Twitter, and Google slash YouTube censoring videos of scientists who discuss treatments and cures for COVID such as hydrochloroquine? Or why did they censor the Chinese dissident virologists who presented evidence that COVID-19 was created in a lab in China? If science is real, why is Facebook and YouTube censoring Dr. Scott Atlas, a member of Trump's coronavirus task force? They included often cited Drs. Fauci and Burks. If science is real, why doesn't the claim apply to the science about the human fetus? They have their own DNA, their own blood type, their own gender. As demonstrated by science, a baby's spinal cord, brain, and nervous system are beginning to be developed around day 18 after conception. If science is real, should we flippantly dispose of fetuses who have a developing spinal cord, brain, and nervous system? According to scientists, a baby's heart begins to beat 21 days after conception. If science is real, should we flippantly dispose of fetuses who have a beating heart? These same scientists have demonstrated that a baby's brain coordinates movements 43 days after conception. If science is real, should we flippantly dispose of fetuses whose brains are already operating at a relatively high level? Furthermore, scientists attest to the fact that all of the baby's organs are functioning eight weeks after conception. If science is real, should we flippantly dispose of fetuses whose organs are functioning? Science demonstrates that a baby has permanent individual fingerprints and a sense of touch, comfort, and pain 10 weeks after conception. And science has proven that a baby can smile, suck its thumb, and make a fist 12 weeks after conception. I think you get my point. If you don't, consider this. Do you hear people asking pregnant women, how's your body? No, of course not. They ask, how's the baby? So, what's your solution to science is real? I have no idea because there's so much hypocrisy and convenient usage of the semantically overloaded statement. I guess one of their solutions is to bankrupt the economy with the Green New Deal, which of course does not follow science. Weird. So why spend an entire episode on a yard sign? Well, the point of this episode is not the sign itself. Unlike the intolerant left who are offended and triggered by Trump yard signs and American flags, I don't give a shit what sign people put in their yard. The point with this particular popular sign is the divisive message being communicated and the method of communication, and the fact that we never hear any worthy solutions to these issues, leaving us to assume it's just an exercise in virtue signaling. Let's be honest, the folks that are posting these particular signs in their yard are Democratic voters. And what do their nominees say on the campaign trail? Mm, not much. The only consistent message I've heard from Biden and Harris is, Take whatever Trump said most recently and go out there and say, Orange man bad. Trump is a racist. They offer no solutions of their own other than to take from some and give to others. No solutions on black-on-black -black crime. The only mention of abortion is to advocate for more and more death. 
They want open borders and amnesty. Hell, Biden wants to welcome the estimated 160 million migrants from all over the world to America. And the Green New Deal will be sure to solve the global cooling, global warming, climate change, extreme weather issue by crippling our economy. Brilliant. Just brilliant. The only reason this shit goes on is because the mainstream media enables it. Look at the questions Biden gets from the so-called press. Most of them are prepared questions in which he reads his response via a teleprompter. What do you think about Trump's soul? What do you think about what Trump said about illegal immigrants? What do you think about Trump's latest tweet? What do you think about Trump's plans to fill the Supreme Court vacancy before the election? Biden rarely gets questions about his policies. Their entire sales pitch is that they, the National Democrats and your sign toting neighbor, are morally superior to Donald Trump and you. Therefore, don't be an idiot and waste your vote on him. This whole yard sign issue reminds me of Michelle Obama's hashtag campaign against the raging lunatic dictator in Nigeria who kidnapped 200 girls presumably for the sex trade. Michelle's response was a scathing hashtag campaign. A picture on Twitter of herself holding a sign and wearing a sad face. The sign read, hashtag bring back our girls. Or it reminds me of the black and rainbow flags posted on Twitter or Instagram in support of various social causes, or the end racism slogan displayed on American football fields and European soccer fields. Well done everyone, all of you good intention robots, all of you useful idiots. Just like that, the girls are home. Everyone coalesces around the Marxist organization BLM. Everyone accepts the LGBTQ movement and lifestyle, and most importantly, racism. It's over. In the case of Michelle Obama, can you think of a more pathetic manner of dealing with a supposed atrocity when you are married to the most powerful man on the planet? A hashtag campaign? Really? I think if she really cared about the situation, she would have said, Hey Brock, hey Brock, why don't you stop apologizing for America's sins, get off your ass and do something about this shit going on in Nigeria? My point is... These folks are not out to fix anything. They just want to point out how horrible everyone else is. They feel morally superior to all their friends and neighbors who either are unaware of their shallow attempt at appearing woke or refuse to participate. All of this semantically overloaded virtue signaling comes down to the sign holder identifies a problem in society and if you dare to offer a solution, they claim that you don't believe that the problem exists at all. So let's tie a bow on this episode with another yard sign proposed by Ben Shapiro as a counterbalance to your woke neighbors. It reads, In this house, we believe if you put up a lawn sign filled with semantically overloaded virtue signaling totologies, you are an obnoxious asshole. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. <laughs> 